Welcome to the Commonweal Theatre Podcast. My name is Josiah Laubenstein, and today I talk with Katie Glynn, local artist, about how the Root River has inspired her to write a myriad of stories, which has turned into a stage play, which is currently turning into a radio play, co-produced by the Commonweal Theatre, Lanesboro Arts, and Katie's very own art, Audacious Raw Theatre. We also talk about what it's like to make a podcast in the time of social distancing and how this period of time may shape us as artists for years to come. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss anything. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us. My name is Josiah Laubenstein, and sitting down with me today is the one and only Katie Glynn. She's a former resident <laughs> ensemble member here, and she is the founder of Art Audacious Raw Theater in Lanesboro. Katie, how are you doing? You know, uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> I feel like I am doing surprisingly well uh, amidst all this chaos yeah I um I I, you know in there's a part of me that feels like should I admit this but I do feel like well in particular artistically I'm thriving right now and that's very Mm -hmm. exciting yeah that's good yeah well you know it is a time where we we do have time on our hands Mm -hmm. and that isn't always the case and you know some Sometimes that can be a little overwhelming when you're like, I have nothing to do. But other times it can be really exciting and inspiring. And so maybe for you, you found this is your inspiration. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And do you know, quite honestly, I was planning on taking this time in the spring, really from March until, until the beginning of June, to work artistically, I was going to set aside okay. my coaching work that I do in the uh, corporate sector. So really, this has just fallen into line <laughs> with what I had planned. But this was not the plan of, you know, <laughs> what was on what was on the table, so to speak. But it's honestly, this is very exp- exciting and uh, I'm thrilled about it. So I feel yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so one of the, what's exciting and coming up is Art is currently doing a co-production with Commonweal Theater, and that co-production is Root River Anthology, which is a play you wrote. So talk to us a little bit of, of, about that. Like, where did the idea for this play come from? Uh, what's what's the the storyline in a nutshell, if you can give us that? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first, uh, where it came from. Well, first of all, we live in such a beautiful area here in Mm -hmm. southeastern Minnesota, and the Root River is an integral part of our lives for those of us who live down here. And artistically speaking, one of my favorite shows is Our Town by Mm -hmm. Thornton Wilder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm also a really big fan of Under Milkwood by Dylan Thomas, the Spoon River Anthologies by Edgar Lee mm-hmm. Masters. And I wanted to try my hand at a larger piece that paid homage to those very, um, very well-written and beautiful pieces. I wanted to capture the essence of, of this 
space and place and really let let people around here know how much I love being here. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so I, a, it, it's a play with, with Lanesboro right nestled in its heart. Yes. You know, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. But it is a, it is a fictional town. It, mm-hmm. This is an amalgamation. This is, you know, this, this is how I think the creative process works. We, we use kernels of, truth and things that we see on a day-to-day basis but then we use our imagination to create something and so the Root River Anthology is the story of a small town like you said nestled along the Root River and there has been an epic flood and the flood first of all it, it has destroyed the town and truly that has happened in this area back in 2007 people mm-hmm. were devastated by by the the floods and the rains that occurred and with all the weather patterns changing these days uh it it felt fitting that 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 was the epicenter of what happened in the play so what then occurs is something that's been washed up is the local phone booth. And that ends up in <laughs> Bert Knutson's yard, his, his farmland. And then they decide to use that to make connections with the people who have passed away. And mm. what ensues are the connections between people face to face, over the phone, and in the ephemeral quality of, of time <laughs> that happens in, in this small borough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And one thing I, I, I'll just call back to is so I mentioned all those, uh, those great plays that inspired this, but when I was looking to see what would tie all of this together, how could I possibly write a play? Uh, I just threw it out to the universe and asked that question, how do I tie it all together? And literally within 48 hours, I was driving up 52 toward Minneapolis and National Public Radio, Minnesota Public Radio, played a podcast called A Really Long Distance. And it was about the tsunami in Japan. And uh, a farmer, he didn't have the phone booth wash up in his land, but he actually went out and he bought a phone booth and put it out (laughs) with the specific intention that people talk to the dead. And it's Mm -hmm. a really moving story. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's it. I've just provided the the very thing that will tie this together. Because quite honestly, in Lanesboro, our phone booth is an iconic piece (laughs) of uh, scenery. So, um, So yeah, that's... That's it in a, maybe that's bigger than a nutshell. (laughs) That's that's the essence of the show and the inspirations for it. Yeah. And well, I love what you said about the sort of creative process and how, you know, you take bits and pieces of the truth and you mix it with inspiration that sort of wells up inside you and you get this sort of, uh, it's like a tapestry almost that you've sort of Mm -hmm. woven together with all these different storylines and all these different, you know, some truisms and some some just imagination yes uh, thrown in yeah what a beautiful word that's that's so appropriate Josiah it is a tapestry it is it is uh, like a quilt like Cheryl Lehman's quilt and uh (laughs) 
it also, one of the other things, I started working on this over a year and a half ago, and uh, one of the things that I started to do with it was I held workshops, and people um, with the community theater and locals came, and uh, we did storytelling workshops, and then I started having people write their own monologues, and some of those, uh, the essence of those are in the show, so we actually have some local contributors uh, who did some writing, and I edited their work and so that is woven into the tapestry yeah that's beautiful yeah the the storytelling workshop I remember attending one of those oh and, yes yeah. of course yeah and yeah. It, it just was it was very it's it's uh really fun to promote the idea that we all have stories inside us all the time you know mm-hmm. we all have a story to tell and and that's kind of how our lives are structured they're structured around stories that that we we generate from our experiences, and so I, I love that 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 some of those made it in, and that they've they've kind of made their way into the tapestry. Yeah, um, yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah, so there are some of those actual words woven in, although the characters <laughs> have been fictionalized, uh, right? <laughs> and sometimes put in slightly different context. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just feel like that started the ball rolling on this collaborative process. This was always meant to be. Uh, a collaborative show and and to have the quality of the the river which is it's fluid and there are confluences <laughs> and sometimes there are floods and droughts and so it's i i feel like this piece it has shape-shifted quite a bit and and it will continue to do so mm-hmm. yeah so so you already answered one of my questions which is mm. how long you've been working on this mm-hmm. uh, so you said for over a year and a half but I, I have a follow-up question to that, which is, how do you take something, because I know that plays are almost, they're kind of a visual medium, right? Because you're writing and you're thinking about this in terms of it being on stage. Yeah. So you've been thinking about this for over a year and a half. And now all of a sudden, we have a situation where no one can be within, you know, six to 10 feet of each other. Right. Uh, so how do you pivot like that to take a play that's, that's meant to go up in person and shift it to a radio play. How do, how, what's, what's the process like for that yeah. in your mind? Uh, well, first of all, you, uh, as with any project, <laughs> you have to find other people who are willing to play with you. So, you yeah. know, you as the sound designer for this and, and the Commonwealth Theater agreeing to the, the resident, resident ensemble agreeing to come in and play, just that initial yes we can re-envision this show. Um, once I had the go-ahead with that, then it was a matter of going in and rewriting the piece and taking out all those <laughs> visual elements that, that I thought could happen on stage and then inserting them into the role of the narrator. And if you're mm-hmm. familiar with our town, it's the stage manager. So um, now the, the narrator in this piece talks talks us through those visual elements that uh we would be getting if we were sitting down and watching a play also (laughs) the onus really falls on you as a sound designer (laughs) and one of our other uh uh, ensemble members um from art eric carranza he the music that will be added into this so (laughs) it really yeah shifting over to a soundscape and making everything auditory is is the is the pivot 
and yeah. it's it's been fun. I <laughs> I don't necessarily consider myself highly auditory, so um, to be challenged in that way, uh, it's been it's been really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting because I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself particularly auditory either mm. but uh as i'm going through and editing some of these things and adding some sounds uh you know you can hear it you think that does not sound right and i don't know why it doesn't sound right you know some of the sound effects that i've been adding in yes. i'll think oh that doesn't quite sound right why doesn't that sound right i i don't know okay i'll try a different one i'll try a different one i'll try a different one because you just think you know it's just not quite right it doesn't read as real all the time in our yeah. brain which is yeah. so funny. It's a different way of looking at a script or a play. Yeah, um, it's. Um, uh, it, I think it, what's going to be fascinating too is for our audiences uh, to go back, and and some of them, you know, uh, have have never been there. But the 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 quality of a fireside chat to mm -hmm. um, it it'll harken back to Prairie Home Companion and now I mean podcasts really are a thing the mock mm -hmm. radio hour storytelling people are enthralled with that but yeah. I think by us taking it to the next level and adding in Eric's compositions and music and the crickets and the owl sounds and the rain and the wind and and how do you possibly put in this kind of nether world too, you know, so uh, those, those qualities that we'll be bouncing back and forth to find those to draw our listeners in is, yeah. it's exciting. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it's a, we are being asked as artists right now, just like everybody else is to step into a virtual platform and by by doing that, uh, we have to rethink a lot of things, and um, our I think our perspective will will grow quite a bit. Hmm. Yeah, that's a very optimistic way of of thinking about it. I think that's that's mm. a good way of thinking about it. But it, it just strikes me as a very hopeful way, you know, of saying yeah, our perspective will grow. It might be a little. Uh, the process of it sometimes can be a little uncomfortable mm -hmm. or maybe not what you were expecting, but that, that through this, our perspective will grow. And I, I yeah. think that's exactly right. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I get excited about with this project is that it is a mobile thing. It's, it's a highly mobile thing. Mm -hmm. And while some people may listen to it at home, I, I hope that others listen to it and move around the town or move near the river or yeah. find it. Find a good location or several locations to listen to it because well, I think it's funny you should say that, Josiah, <laughs> because we have the uh, uh, Elizabeth Dunn and some of the company members at the Commonwealth. We have tasked them to put in together exactly that type of map, so uh, people who live in the area or who choose to uh, who choose to start coming down to southeastern Minnesota, a map has been designed and each of the ensemble members has been asked to contribute with their favorite spot to go. So <laughs> you can literally plug in and go to say Jeremy Van Meter's favorite spot down off 250 and listen to the podcast and then experience the, um, the scenery 
So in essence, you will be hearing a play outdoors and the actors will just be in your ear, but <laughs> mother nature will be all around you. So, uh, so I feel like we've, we've thought of a lot of different angles that people can enjoy this. We're, we're even suggesting places where people could drive. If you just want to take one of those metallic hmm. drives along highway 16. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's nice. Uh, that's how I first started listening to podcasts was on long drives. Yes. So I have a, I have a special affinity for that. Me too. Myself. Me too. And it's <laughs> where, quite frankly, some of my greatest inspiration comes from is listening mm. to those, then turning off the, the radio after I've absorbed that and, and then just creating in my mind as I drive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like you've, you've been given space when you're on a drive by yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to hop back just real quick and hopefully we'll have him on podcast next week but i do want to just mention eric carranza uh who is doing the music for this came actually came to lanesboro and and lived for how long was it katie do you remember yeah i believe he was one of their four week artists in residence so he Mm -hmm. lived above the saint main theater he really he really stepped into the town and um it was like he was a local himself (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah And then the piece that he created, Root River Vibes, was, it's an astounding album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and weaving together ambiance and stories as well as music um, that he created. And so I think it is, it, it's hard to say something is perfect, but it is the perfect backdrop for Root River Anthology. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. perfect music to go for this. It all is sort of originating from a place like this. Yeah. Yeah, he was very struck with the area, and uh, and he's so generously allowing us to use those soundtracks mm-hmm. from Root River Vibes underneath this uh, this story. Uh, but part of his Root River Vibes are people from the town sharing their stories. And in fact, one of the monologues from the play last year has already been done, and it's on. It's uh, I think it's called Mrs. O, but mm-hmm. um, so. You can you can hear it the the first take of it on Eric's album, and then you'll hear it woven into the story of Root yeah. River Anthology. Kind of catch a sneak peek if you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so not only are you the uh, the playwright, but you're also in charge of directing this mm. uh, extravaganza. <laughs> how do, how does that look? I mean, so I know that you've been sitting in on on some of these rehearsals describe for those of us who haven't been sitting in on them what what's what's a rehearsal for a radio play that you can't be in the same room as someone look like it is fascinating <laughs> it is fascinating so it's got a couple different components to it one it's like what we're doing right now so we're <laughs> we're connecting over the computer but we're also recording on our phones at the same time Mm-hmm. And what we had people do last week, and please let me give a shout out to Rachel Coonley's extraordinary organizational skills for, for <laughs> mapping out the rehearsals and, and the ensemble's ability to, to get the takes out. So last mm-hmm. week, we tasked the group to meet up and record together their, their takes 
of the, uh, the script. And then Rachel and you, I believe too, you went mm-hmm. in and you folded those sounds, those recordings together. And then I, over the weekend, listened to them. And that was my first round of notes. And <laughs> I was able to take notes and say, okay, this file, ooh, that's a keeper. Or let's redo this because that sounded a little tinny. Or yeah. uh, I wanted to change some writing. So this second week of rehearsal, this is where I feel like, okay, this is my jam. Because <laughs> now I'm getting to meet with the actors and uh Last week I gave everybody written notes, but this week I get to give them, and and there are air quotes around this, in person. So <laughs> we meet online and I get to see people's faces and I also get to see what people are doing physically when they record. And just like I would as a director on stage, I say, okay, you know what? Take a deep breath, ground yourself, mm-hmm. use your arms, move around, but don't move too much because the recording will <laughs> not not work. So it's it's much more confined, but it's um it's still I still feel really deeply connected. I feel like hmm. uh because I have been a voice teacher and I work with people on vocal production and I've worked uh in the virtual world coaching people it's this has been a, a, a fairly simple transition um, hmm. yeah and I'm finding a lot of joy in it and I think because everybody is a trained professional actor they're taking the notes really quickly and on the third or fourth take we've got it <laughs> very gratifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's one of the the stranger things for me as, a, as an actor in the show as well is it's you're not looking for uh, a process to get you to someplace every night. Mm-hmm. You're just looking for the best take that you can out right. of a series of four or five or six goes at it, you know, or sometimes more, sometimes less. But it's, it's just such an interesting uh, shift in mindset. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I feel like, and, and you can answer this, although I play a character too, I do feel like we, as actors on the other end of this we really have to channel into that acting as if we have to trigger our imagination because we Mm -hmm. don't even have somebody in the room across from us and energetically you know sometimes we're waiting for a line to be said and there can be a technical glitch but we still have to stay connected and so I think that everybody is being tapped to work that much harder on Mm -hmm. who are these people create it and one thing that's been really beautiful too Josiah is that uh when I ask people to improvise and I say go ahead throw your own words in I think some of the actors are like whoa wait you know that's not my style or thank you I love this stuff and (laughs) being able to cultivate that with the actors is so juicy and rich because I think that that's what collaboration is all about. That's how we find our real voices is when somebody, a director invites you to the table to bring more of yourself into the process. And Mm -hmm. because we didn't get to workshop this show, this is also serving as a workshop. The show's getting better. 
by virtue of doing it in this new world. <laughs> Does it feel that way to you as an actor? Uh, yes. Because <laughs> you get yes, to do a lot of takes. <laughs> definitely. Yes. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, so the very first time we read through it, we all got on Zoom, which was a little helter-skelter because, wow, there's, mm-hmm. what, 16 oh my goodness, actors yeah. in this? And mm-hmm. uh, and yet it was, it was also, like, it was very... Uh, connecting and it felt like a sense of community uh just uh over zoom reading this reading this play for the first time but uh it's been fun also digging deeper into it and you Mm. know kind of really digging in for the sense um and and yeah and very rarely do you have the freedom as an actor to play with the words in the script far more often (laughs) you have a bit more uh, rigidity there (laughs) people are saying ah you're missing this word please put it back in yes whereas uh, having the freedom to choose i think gives a really uh, like you said sort of juicy quality to it it gets a really like exciting quality um when you when you're doing those speeches that it it's impossible then for anything to get old because you you have the opportunity to make it new each time you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And for me too, with audacious raw theater, that's a quality that I, I, I want in, in the work. I want hmm. it to, to always feel very in the moment and, and to, and to be new. Uh, I think in some ways that's a great it mirrors what we're doing right now we're on the precipice (laughs) uh so by by very virtue life is very raw going forward because we don't (laughs) exactly know what we're doing and this mimicking that process or mirroring i should say uh there's something for me as a director very freeing about it that metaphor uh is very very alive and real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so do you think after this uh, this exists as a radio play, do you think it's going to stay a radio play? Or are you excited to watch it transition uh, back from radio play to stage play? I mean... Oh, Josiah, I want it to transition back. <laughs> you know, um, it's funny when, when we're out in the, the yard or the garden, some neighbors we will yell up and say, oh, we miss the theater. We miss you. Mm-hmm. We, we want to see things. And uh, so my hope is that, yes, this will, this will transition back on to stage and that this will just whet people's appetite. <laughs> so that they it's at the Commonweal you have that really great stage uh page to stage process where mm-hmm. you do a reading and uh then people come back in in a couple months and then they see the finished product in in a way this will be the same thing people will hear it and they'll probably even start envisioning what how, or how could this play possibly take place on stage and and then if we actually can bring that to fruition, well, I think that would be wonderful. I think all <laughs> of us, you know, we're, we're beginning to clamor for, for that live interaction. And it may be a while, but I do remain very hopeful that that will happen. Hmm. Yes, me too. Me as well. <laughs> yeah, so Katie, tell us a little bit about, uh, so we've got Act 1, which is coming out on uh, May 30th, and then we've got Act 2, which is coming out on uh, June 6th. 
And then there's there's a part three to all of this. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. There is there is that's the exciting part of the collaboration is that it doesn't just end with the radio podcast. It it's actually just beginning. So back to that idea of those monologue workshops that we held back during the polar vortex, and I think it was 2019. <laughs> uh, what we are going to do. Uh, with through Lanesboro Arts, they are going to invite listeners to contribute their own phone booth monologue. Mm. So when people contribute those, we then will take them and edit them. And actors from the Commonweal Theater and art will then put those up. Uh, and those might be visual. Maybe we'll do those as videos or maybe they'll just be vocal again, but those will serve as part three and an anthology. It always, it's, it's meant to keep going and like the river, mm. it'll keep flowing. So if people are inspired to write their own work, we will take that in work with it, finesse it, and then have one of our professional actors give voice to it so that people truly know they are contributing to this. We hear them, they are a part of our artistic community, and we are honoring their voices and their stories. Hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, and you can reach out to the Commonwealth Theater if you go to the Commonwealth Theater's website, commonwealththeater.org. Uh, there's an email address that you can uh, send those stories to. Yeah, and they'll be on. That'll be on Lanesboro Arts as well. That'll be. I think both both sites will will host that. They can come in. I will do some editing, and then we will have the actors do the performing. Um. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Katie. Uh, it's always oh, nice to talk with you. And great been... to talk with you. Yeah. So I, I think actually to lead us out, what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to play just a snippet of a monologue uh, right now. So we'll lead you out with one of the monologues from Root River Anthology, which is uh, going to be up on April or uh, May 30th. And then Act 2 will come out on June. Is it June 1st? June 6th, I believe. June isn't 6th. It? All right. Yeah. Yes. So it's a, a, a Saturday, May 30th, and then... Uh, Saturday, June 6th will Wonderful. be Act 2. So people will have to wait in anticipation for that second <laughs> act. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. All right, well, we'll lead you out with a little monologue from Root River Anthology. Holy, you are still here. I knew it. I knew. It's like Bert says, I could feel you. Do you know how long I have been waiting to meet you? Jeez Louise, I can't believe this. Bert was right. I, I, I don't know where to begin. I have so many questions. But I don't suppose you'll answer, so I guess, I guess I'll just talk to you. That was an excerpt from Root River Anthology. Thank you so much for listening. You can hear the full recording of Act One on May 30th at the Commonweal Theater's website, commonwealttheater.org, and the recording of Act Two will be out on June 6th. 
A special thank you, of course, to Eric Carranza for the music. If you liked what you heard, you can check him out at Eric Carranza, that's C-A-R-R-A-N-Z-A dot bandcamp dot com. And the album that Lanesboro inspired is Root River Vibes. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We've got them all, and we're posting nearly every day, and we would love to hear from you. Once again, I'm Josiah Laubenstein, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>